0: Like you're looking through a telescope.
1: show Rodney and I want to thank you all for joining us tonight Uh, we have once again an amazing topic and discussion for you tonight we hope that you have prepared yourself to chime in um, and express your comments pose your questions as well to share with us tonight so again thank you the chat line is open I say that yes it is open (laughs) <laughs> for those of you who are listening, <laughs> I had to check, Roddy. You know, I always think, did I do that? So uh, it is open for those of you who are listening uh, by way of chat or in the chat room with us. Thank you. I want to remind you if you're listening to Facebook or any other um, entity the, regarding uh, on the web, we are not able to see you there, but you can post your questions on the event page or tag Rodney and I with your question and comments, and we'll try to get those on. The easiest and simplest way is, if you have not, register as a follower and join us in the chat room or call in using the number 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. Select the number 1 if you have a question or a comment or want to join us uh, and share those with us. Rodney, how are you tonight?
2: Tammy, I am wonderful. I, <laughs> I I am very excited about this show. Um I remember hearing um about uh this book and and the author, uh David Lee, um one day I think I was I, I was going to pay my rent and so uh the radio was on and um and I heard them talking about this book here in the D C area and uh, it was one of it was on one of our popular R and B shows, and and I was like, hmm, that sounds very interesting. And so I remember the first time I went looking for uh, David Lee, I don't know what happened, but either I got sidetracked or I couldn't find him or whatever the case was. And then um, it came back up again a few weeks ago, and I was like, we have got to. I'm sorry, no, it was it was longer than that. It was maybe about a month or two ago, and I was like, we have got to find this guy, um, and so uh we did and uh and so i am uh grateful that uh that we were able to reach out to him and that he agreed to be on the show um mainly because for those of you who are new to the butterfly evolution show we are all about change we are all about transformation we are about uh keep it, people stepping outside of their comfort zone and just because you were raised a certain way or you learned things a certain way it doesn't necessarily mean that is the right way or that it is the best way for you. You you, you never know. And it is okay to challenge your beliefs. It is okay to challenge uh, things that you have been taught. It doesn't mean that your perspective will change or that you will change, but if you at least live life with an open mind, you, you'll be surprised as to what you will find out, as to what, Ideas you might share or adopt Um, And so I really feel like this this show tonight is going to be a great one Uh, One thing I do want to say Because I see that we already have several callers out there And people in the chat room And I'm sure a lot of you listening online If you do have a question or comment uh, tonight We're probably going to get quite a few So please be uh, to the point um, with whatever it is that that you want to say whatever you, you want to ask uh we want to give the the uh, the guests as as much time as possible uh to talk about uh the book uh so just be just, just try to get to the point um and also whenever you have controversial topics like these um it tends to hype people up a little bit so we do want to uh ask everyone to make sure that um, you are always polite and respectful, um, and we value everyone's opinion. So uh, let's just keep those things in mind. I don't think David will have an issue if someone does disagree with him, but it always helps when we are, are respectful. Um, I know that this isn't David's number, Tammy, that has already popped up. I don't know if it, if this is the other individual said, "I think I see right, Davis right, and Roger, so we can pull. Right. We can go ahead and pull them in whenever you are ready. I am ready to get this show going.
1: I am too, and I just want to want to piggyback off Rodney said um, on a couple of things before we pull our guests in. But we should we should challenge um, what we hear, what we believe, and the way the best way that I think to do that is read the Word of God and seek God for yourself. Don't just go to church on Sundays." hear the word, go home, and you don't pick up your Bible or you pray or meditate until next Sunday. We should, we should do that for me and I think for Rodney as well. And we're not by any, by any means telling people that this is what you have to do. But I grew spiritually so much more when I stepped back and I got in my word and I began to pray and seek God for myself. And when I did that, I wasn't in church. I, I had just gotten so burnt out with church and the whole process of it, not with God and the need for him, but with the process. And so the last thing Rodney said, be respectful. He said it politely. I'm going to say, I'm just going to kick you off. So because we're, we're here to grow. We're here. We're going to disagree. Um, you have people of the same faith who disagree every day. So be very respectful um, with your comments, with your questions, or we're just going to click you off. So that being said, Rodney, we're going to go ahead and pull them in, and we'll move forward.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we'll go ahead and pull in uh, David Lee first. David, are you there? I'm here, brother. And my sister. you hey, doing? Good to have you on. It's good to be on. <laughs> uh, and I believe we're also <laughs> pulling in Dr. Frank Chase. Is that is that correct? Yes, indeed. Good friend of mine. Very well started, yes. brother. Good solid. you, Dr. Frank Chase, are you there?
3: Can you hear me?
2: Yes, sir. We can hear you very, very well. Okay. I'm using my speakerphone
3: on the phone. Is that good or should I turn it off?
2: Uh, if we can hear says, you fine. Yeah, if someone okay. says that they, can't, that they can't hear you, you, we might ask you to switch up. But no, we can hear you fine. I think you started talking before we actually pulled you in, so... Uh, oh, okay Yeah, but uh, but what we're going to do uh, David, if you don't mind Start off telling the people about you And then Dr. Chase will turn it over to you And then we'll dive right into this book And uh, learn more about the Sunday morning stick-up Well, okay. you know that, that question is always
4: a little tough for me But let me just first I say this um, You know, I really thank God For what you all are doing And for any and everyone who You know, has that calling really to challenge truth over the airwaves. There are so many people who do what you all do, and and just like you all, they do it extremely well, and it's not easy. So just to give you all, you know, some kudos, a shout-out, we probably need to have a blog talk radio um, show of the year award, like like Steve Harvey does the Hootie Awards. We probably (laughs) need to do a blog talk award. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Make it happen, David Make it
4: happen Hey, it's been in my mind On my mind for quite some time So thank you all for what you do It's not easy to, to, to have that kind of commitment um, But this That question is always really tough for me Just because of how I was Really brought up in, in Ministry and church um, Because I was taught that I ain't nobody You know, the only somebody who do what we do That is somebody is Jesus and right. like Paul says, you know, Paul has this long, beautiful pedigree, but he says, I count all of that stuff as dung, that I might gain the excellency of Christ. And that's really kind of where I am, but I guess for for context, people probably should know, um, that, you know, I, I, um, I served in ministry, uh, I've served in ministry for years under, uh, like I say, the 15, uh, left for school out of uh, one of the, the altars there in Buffalo, New York, and attended college in West Virginia and hooked up with Bishop Jakes, uh, who licensed and ordained me to preach, baptized, um, served as a Sunday school superintendent for our church in West Virginia uh, before we relocated the 50 families, relocated to Dallas, Texas, and started the Potter's House. Um, The Lord had spoke to my heart just through study. I wasn't looking for a reason not to tithe or a reason not to give. I'm a giver. I still give to this day. But just through study, the Lord had spoken to my heart concerning the truth of his word through a study, a simple study in the book of Malachi. And that's really kind of how all of this got started. But there was a good, solid biblical foundation that was laid in my life uh, in Sunday school. And I was an avid Sunday school attenders, avid Sunday school uh, you know, believer in Sunday school. This is the teaching aspects of ministry. And um, through that, um, got licensed and ordained and preached all over the country, preached down in Africa, Bermuda, Canada, um, and he recently uh, did a radio show appearance down in the Bahamas. And, and at the end of the day, none of that stuff really means anything because uh, we used to sing this song back in the old day, I'll take Jesus for mine. You can have this whole wide world, but I'll take Jesus for mine. So that's my testimony.
2: <laughs> all right. Thank you thank you so much David. uh Dr. Chase, go ahead, tell us a little bit about you.
3: Well, let's see um I don't know where to begin um i guess i I guess i can only the only thing I can say at this point is doing the process of me um trying to make a decision about writing about the subject cultizing. I ran into David Lee's book and many other books. That I was doing research on, and uh, I think like me, I mean, I don't, I didn't really, I mean, I was going to church regularly and and uh, doing the tithing thing and all of that, but I think for many years, being in the church for many years, about 30 years in the church, I always had questions about uh, the subject, and but I, I was too afraid, I guess, to study it. I was too apprehensive about really investigating. What it was, uh, and it took uh, maybe thirty years later for me to really decide to to really just get into really looking at it. And I think at the last church that I was at, we had a conversation about a subject, and I can't remember what the subject was. Um, and uh, I had mentioned a Jewish, I had mentioned something about the Jewish, uh, Jewish background of uh, Christianity and all of that, and then we got into a discussion about what Jews believe and what they don't believe. So I think after that initial discussion uh, back then, about four years ago, we um, I decided to call a, a rabbi that I just happened to email, find his email somewhere, and I was looking, I emailed him, and asked him about tithing just off the top of my head. Uh, and he sent me a uh, he sent me a, a study that he wrote, and uh, as I began to read the study, tears began to roll down my eyes
0: sure.
3: uh, because of the truth that he was putting forth in this particular. It was only it was only it wasn't even a PowerPoint study; it was just a short study, and he was explaining it and detailing what the tithe is and what it is not, and that began a process for me because. When I read that study, I initially gave it to my pastor and said, here, this is what this guy is saying about it. And I said, I want to do a sabbatical leave from church. I think the last church I was in, I was, I was an elder, and I said, i was going to take a sabbatical, and I'm going to study this, and I'm going to come back. And he got upset about that. Uh, and there's a, the, the story is long, so I'm trying to shorten it. I, it's a long version. That's why I wrote a letter. So at, at one point, I decided to, go, to make the decision to go study it. But prior to me doing that, i had read i had read a i had read one book prior to even writing doing this to go study and so i agonized over i agonized about it for about a year or two before I decided to even make even mention that I was going to do anything like this so I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and I wrote my first letter to the pastor and told him what I was going to do he got upset and And uh, other things took place, and then I finally, at some point, I finally had to leave the church, and then I began my initial study, and then that's when I ran into David Lee's book. And then at that point, I decided to do a PowerPoint study, 117 pages of PowerPoints on tithing, and then another 50 PowerPoint pages on tithing and New Testament, giving into the New Testament. All of that just recently turned into a book that uh, David knew, knew knows about. I just wrote a book and released the book, Kleptomaniac, Who's Really Robbing God Anyway? So that's the short version, but there's a long, long story behind it. There's a story behind the story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, we do appreciate that. We're going to try to cover as, as much as we can uh, right. uh, with the time that we have tonight. So uh, Tammy, do you have anything? Uh, because I, I want to jump right into something that I I read at the beginning of, of the book, and I want David to kind of uh, jump on that, and then we'll go from there.
1: No, Rodney, go ahead with yours. I have quite a few things, and so we may, you know, kind of cross over. But go ahead, start with yours.
2: Okay, so uh, David, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the beginning of the, uh, of the book, and uh, for those of you guys listening, uh, we're not going to obviously tell you the, the entire uh, uh, book because we want you to uh, support David and and definitely purchase the book. Um, but I, I remember just even in the beginning, certain things uh, just stood out to me. So here was one of them. It said, uh, the church used to be focused on saving souls. And then in quotations it says, we are going after souls, end quote. That mission statement has been discarded and abandoned As modern day ministry redefines and reestablishes itself Throughout the world She has walked away from talking to sinners on the street corner And has settled for talking to herself behind closed doors At conferences And as ye go And this is a quote, it's the scripture And as ye go, preach Saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers Raise the dead, cast out devils Freely you have received, freely give States, end quote States The master in St. Matthew 10 and 7 King James Version $150 to hear the word preached At our powerful conference You don't want to miss it Is what we are told It will cost your church five to $10,000 If you want me to come preach the word to you The church has lost her focus For souls she has replaced it with they focus on, and and in the book it says souls again, but the two S's are dollar signs, and then it says satisfying our, under, our unrestrained lust for stuff. The term for this is lasciviousness and can be found in St. Jude 1 and 4. For deeper insights, your instruction is to read all 25 verses. David, can you touch on that uh, for us as we dive into this book?
4: I can, and you know what, I'm glad you started with that that particular section there because it really paints a really graphic picture, an image of where we are in ministry today. Um, and we didn't get here overnight, but it, it, is, it is clearly evident to everyone that something is wrong in church. Some, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with having the conversation about what they see You know, they just apply their faith to it and just believe God to handle it and to take care of it. But as you look at ministry, the cost to do ministry and the cost to be associated with ministry has gone through the roof in the last 20 years. Hmm. It's gone through the roof. And even for the storefront pastors, you know, who are doing all that they can in order to hold on to the few members that they have, Their smaller ministries located in the inner cities are threatened by those larger churches who have, I mean, how can they compete when those churches are launching programs and initiatives and and, and different things like that to bring in the masses to clean out the inner city churches and draw the people out of those neighborhoods to some outskirts? So what they're doing is they aren't really focusing on the end-time harvest. Their focus isn't really truly on souls, on bringing people into the kingdom. Their focus is on entertaining other Christians that they might bring them into their their church. Mm. So church has been boiled down to Christian entertainment. There's no real serious focus on Matthew 28 of going out into the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he that believes is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. So the focus has really shifted. It's really changed. And if that weren't bad enough, the lack of transparency that exists in ministry today is staggering. It's staggering. So you have many people who go to church, but when it comes to the financial matters of the church that they've been attending for years, They have absolutely no idea what is taking place with the finances because the focus is no longer on souls. The focus is now on this acronym, satisfying our unrestrained lust for stuff. Mm. This generation of Christians is so worldly and so carnal that we've walked away from simple things like soul winning because we're chasing stuff.
1: David, say that mm-hmm. again, satisfying. Uh, would you please say what you just said again? I want to make sure people
4: hear that. Yeah, that acronym, it, it's it's a term. As the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I, wrote, as I was writing this book, there's some things he said I want you to put in there, some things you can't put in there. I've written other things, but he had me pull it out. He says it's too much, it's too deep, it's too heavy. It's too much, you're going to lose people. He says, but when you look at, at the book of Jude and you talk about lasciviousness, which is unrestrained lust, just whatever you want. Go that acronym SOUL stands for satisfying our unrestrained lust for stuff. That coincides with first John two and fifteen that says, Love not the world, neither the things of the world. Right? Everybody knows the love not the world passage of scripture. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. But the love of the world and the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel has taken a second seat to the preaching of stuff. Folks are so focused on what this world has to offer that folks aren't even thinking about, you know, an inheritance in heaven. People are trying to get their inheritance right down here on earth.
0: Right.
1: Perfect spot for it to lead into one of my favorite, and there are many, but one of my favorite parts of the book, Uh, I'll read it and I want you to elaborate more on it. It says, what you have failed to understand is that God does not want 10% of your possessions. He wants 100% of you. Everything else will follow up to and including 100% of your possessions. There are no limits to what you, and I say emphasis with that, there are no limits to what you will give God once you take the limits off your heart. I think that is the most, one of the most beautiful parts of your book. You elaborate
4: for it. Well, I would say Dr. Chase, he talked a little bit about that just very briefly when he was doing this introduction. And he made a distinction between tithes and offerings, which is what his book, which is what he's writing about in his book. He talks about kleptomaniac, who's robbing God anyway. And I would love for him to kind of jump in here as well. I ordered the book, but I'm still waiting on it to come in the mail. But the idea here is, the idea here is, God is not a pimp. You you don't have to open your, your purse. And open your wallet to get God to bless you There's something wrong with that thinking That in order for God to bless us He is more concerned about how much money I give him In order to bless me As opposed to how much of my heart I give him In order to bless me The real truth mm. of the matter Is that God doesn't need any of our money It's worthless. It's useless to him. That currency is only good in this realm. The currency of heaven is faith. The currency of this world is a euro, a rand, a rupee, a dollar. Those euros and rands and rupees are absolutely worthless in heaven when you talk about getting an exchange from God. But what we have done is we have taught people that God will curse you he will curse you beyond measure if you don't give him your money, like a pimp. But, but God's focus is very, 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 very different. He sent his son to die on the cross that he might win the hearts of men, not the finances of men. That's foolishness. He sent Jesus to die that he might win men's
5: hearts.
4: My right, God, this one. You know what? Dr. Chase. You, you, yeah. you wrote in the book, you talked about the difference between the tithes and the offerings, and you alluded to that just a little bit. And we, we talk about, you know, it's not your money that God wants. He doesn't want 10% of your possessions. He wants to possess 100% of you. And if he well, gets you. all of you, he's got all that you
3: have. Right, right, exactly. And, and uh, one of the I'm going to jump about, in here. Okay, uh, one of the things that I, uh, I mention in my book is when Paul, made, Paul made, a distinct, uh, made, a, made a distinct statement when he said, if you don't take care of your house, you are worse than an infidel. And he made that distinction because it's important that whatever you give, the first people you give to uh, is your own house. Mm, that's that's the that's the that's the distinction that those are the first obligation you have as a believer is to take care of all the needs of your house and so that's why it's important and he and he also made it clear that he didn't want any giving to be under compulsion pressure or any other method to get any money because once you take from the believer The ability to give free will from the heart Then giving becomes a tax Mm. And not free will giving And here's the distinction In the Old Testament The first temple was built with free will offerings Yes it was And so there was no need to institute A a mandatory 10% tithe in the New Testament Because the temple was built with free will offerings and because it was, they gave so much, Moses had to tell the people, stop doing it. We don't need any more. We have enough to finish the work. But today, right. people are continually asking you to do this over and over and over and over, and there's never any letter. And so you, uh, one of the things that I think I learned through doing this book is that God instituted grace-giving birth from the very beginning. And the time is totally separate. From this is a whole other subject. It's a totally different subject from when you're talking about giving and you're talking about time. It's a totally different subject. The two should never yeah. be interfaced with each other. They are two distinct ideas, two distinct practices, two distinct subjects, and the, and the contents of both of them are totally distinct when I discuss That's them in the book. So we're using the wrong uh, – We're using the the wrong words in our English language to describe a practice that we're doing today. It's the wrong thing. So what people are doing is when they're trying to associate the Old Testament tithe, which is not money anyway, with
6: New Testament
3: Mm -hmm. giving, is they're trying to to substantiate a budget that they can't knowingly know that they can't be substantiated unless they take something out of context in Scripture— to make it work. Because Israel was a, a theocratic society, the tithing system in Israel would work. But because we are not a theocratic society and a democratic society, you cannot in, institute theocratic principles in a democratic society. It doesn't work. It was never designed to work that way in the first place.
2: I, um, I, I'm going to jump back in here real quick. Um, and this is Rodney. Uh, what would you guys say um, to the people who might disagree with you and say, "Well, it in Malachi it says give a test. What would you what What would you say to the people who might disagree with you or have a different opinion about what it is that you're saying?
3: Well, I, I, let me say, I would start. I would start out by telling them that the Hebrew word for Tenth is Mesa And if you look up the Hebrew word In its original language And according to Josephus The tenth means everything edible It has nothing to do with money It has never been about money Tithing has never been about money And then I would tell them If you want to know why it's money today Then you're going to have to go look To the Catholic Church For the reasons why they did it That's the reason why it's money not because God asked for it, it's because the Catholic Church in the edict of, I think it's five, edict of 572, instituted a, a secular law to trans, to what you would call, commute the actual food tithe to money to support, to, con- to provide the continual support upon generation upon generations of people to support the bishops and all of the buildings and all of the other institutions that would follow. It. it was a design. It was designed to work that way, so it would never be. Uh, I guess the word I'm looking for. So it would never be. If once the Catholic Church said it, you couldn't do anything about it. So it would stick forever. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say.
1: And
4: I would add to that. It, this is this discussion is so good. One of the things what we try to do. Um, as literary artists, if you will, if I can use that, if I can use that to- that term, is we try to point people back to uh, uh, very reliable information and point them back to the source. So right. it's difficult to have a conversation about a topic if you haven't been exposed, uh, you know, exposed to that topic. If you're getting all of your information secondhand, even secondhand over a radio radio show. You still really don't own the information. You still don't really know for yourself the, the truth of that topic, the truth of whatever's being discussed regarding that particular subject. You have to read for yourself. Yep. Once what, yep. what you read and you, and you study and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, your, your, your mind, and your soul, and when God opens his word to you, no one can take that from you. But the problem is we have individuals who disagree over, over topics that they've never read.
7: They're oh. making an, argument, <laughs> from
4: a, they're making an <laughs> argument from a perspective of another man's opinion. What they heard.
0: all right. Something
4: they heard. And it is right.
0: ridiculous.
4: It, it is ridiculous. But once you read for yourself and you see for yourself, no one can convince you otherwise. And if we as Christian believers uh, take the Bible to be the the, the the God-inspired, breathed Word of God, where, where the Spirit of God spake to holy men as he moved on them and they, and they, they penned the words of, 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 of God that we might have it down through the ages. We truly believe that God's Word, is his Word to the ages then we have, I would take them, uh, Dr. Chase, I would take them through the Scripture. I would take them right to Malachi. Right. So they say, I disagree with what you're saying about uh, a tithe. The Bible says that we should tithe. And, and, and to avoid the debate, because debates, as the Scripture says, it, that there's no profit in that. Those things just, they gender strife. They put people at odds and on, on edge about things. if we can go directly to, if you started with Malachi chapter 1 and just started reading there. In Malachi chapter 1, I'm just going to read just briefly here, if if that's all right.
0: right
4: Chapter 1, verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. That's the salutation. He gives us the audience. He says, this is the Lord's burden. He says, this thing is heavy on God. This discussion about tithe, God says, it's it's weighing on me. And I'm going to tell Israel what I need them to hear through one man, through Malachi. And then he goes and he says, he makes a statement. He says, I loved you jokers. He says, but you say, well, well, how exactly have you loved us? He says, wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? Hmm. And didn't I just love Jacob? He says, and I hated Esau. Yeah, I says, I proved my love to you. And that your forefather, your great, great, great granddaddy Jacob, I loved him and rejected your uncle. Right? He goes on down, all the way down through this first chapter. He says, ah. <laughs> he says, Verse 6, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? If I yet be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you, O priest, that despise my name? And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? This passage starts out by talking to the nation, but God shifts his focus to the leaders. That's chapter 1. Listen to what chapter 2, verse 1 says. If they say, "Well, I don't quite agree with what you're saying, The Bible says in Malachi that we should tie. Well, let's just read what Malachi says. Malachi chapter two verse one says, "And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you." Chapter two, all the way until you finish chapter three, he is speaking exclusively to the priest.. Mm. So by the time you get to chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, where he says, will a man rob God, mm-hmm. it is clear that he is talking to a man, and that man has been identified in chapter 2, verse 1, as the priest.
3: That's exactly like, right. The man
4: rob God, but verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, the nation is cursed. So a man robs God, but the nation gets cursed. Why is that? Because during this time, during this dispensation, God dealt with leadership. And he, when, whenever God spoke to the nation, he spoke through the leadership. God didn't speak to the people directly. They tried that once with Moses. He came to the bottom of the mountain. God started speaking. They said, no, 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 Moses. We don't want to hear from God. We just let you speak to God for us on our behalf. But when you get to chapter 3, a man robs God in verse 8, but in verse 9, the whole nation gets cursed because the men represented the people to God. And the men weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing with them tithes that them people was bringing. Not much different than what's going on today.
3: And, and yep. let me add to Can I add to that?
1: Yes, yes, please.
3: Now... I want to say this. When we say the word tithe, I, I, I always have to, to say this. When we say the word tithe, the, the problem is, is the language we're using. The word tithe is always associated with money. It is never money. So I want to I read two things. I want to read Malachi, how it is interpreted in the minds of people and how it's actually literally supposed to be understood. I'm going to read it the way we hear it. This is coming right right, right out of my book. This is the way we hear it in church every Sunday. Mm. Bring, as an act of worship, the full amount of the tithe, 10% of your ongoing income, into the storehouse, the local church, that there may be food, spiritual food in my house, the local church, and prove me now presently by it, put me to the test, give me an opportunity to prove myself, And you will see that I will open the windows of heaven to you and pour you out of so much financial material blessing that you will not have room to contain it. Then I will rebuke, protect your income from the devourer, the devil, for you I will stop the thief, the devil, from destroying the fruit, money, material, goods of your labors. That is totally out of context. Here is how it should be understood. Bring the full amount, the once every three years' food into my storehouse, the local house for the poor and needy, that there may be food, real food in my storehouse, and prove me now during the time of the law of Moses by it, and you will see that I will open the windows of the heaven, the sky, to you, Jews growing crops, and pour out so much blessing rain that you will not have enough room to contain the harvest then i will rebuke the devourer those things that destroy crops rapacious insects bad weather for you so that it so that those things that destroy crops insects bad weather may not destroy the fruits of the ground the crops nor will your vine in the field cast cast Drop prematurely, it's grapes So we have taken Malachi 3, 8, 9, and 10 Turned it into a money verse When the context is Purely Hebrew It is always talking about grapes Cattle Mm. Livestock and grains And all of that And so that's why we have a problem with people Misunderstanding because This interpretation, that first one I read Has been programmed Into our minds so Efficiently over the last I guess say five or six centuries 500, 600 years that when you tell people that it is the opposite of what that is they begin to experience cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. in their minds and so they cannot fathom it being any other way other than that and then that's where you have to just go in take them, sit them down and take them to the Hebrew and the Greek and let them read it for themselves because if you try to talk to people it's just going to cause cognitive dissonance, and they're not going to get it. And that's the, that's why I usually don't try to engage people. I try to tell them, "Will you are you willing to sit down and look up the terms with me, and we can see? If you're not, then there's no reason for me to waste uh, precious breath trying to convince you of something that you're not going to study anyway."
2: You guys, uh, this is Rodney. Okay. I, I must say, I must say, uh, one we do have a caller on on the line, so I do want to pull them in. Uh, but, but this hey, Rosemary, conversation has been in, great. Go ahead, Tammy.
1: Before you pull me in, I want to um, and hold on for a minute, caller for us. But I I don't want to leave that for just a second. In in David's book, he mentions that, and and I hear this a lot. About people will say that, well, back then they didn't tithe money because there was no money. Can both <laughs> of you maybe after we take this call, would you would you kind of pick up there on that part? Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, what, Yep, and, and right before we do that, uh, once again, uh, for those of you uh, joining us tonight, uh, we do have on the line with us uh, Dr. Frank Chase, Jr. and uh, Mr. David Lee. David Lee is the author of the book Sunday Morning Stick Up. Um, and in addition to what Tammy did asked, so you may want to write this down, uh, David, uh, we do want you to tell people how they can uh, purchase uh, the book Um but right now, we're going to bring in our caller uh, from area code 404. And the last four digits of their phone number is 1037. Caller, you are on the air.
6: Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's, hey, what's going
0: on, man? Hello, how
1: are you? Hey,
6: Rodney, Rodney.
0: <laughs> how you doing, my sister? It's
4: been a long <laughs> hey, time. So. You
1: know, um, yes, Yes, has Too long.
4: Um, I'm telling you, I'm yet blessed, man. You know what I'm saying? It's trying to make it, you know? Doctor, how you doing, Mister Lee? I'm doing doing?
3: just fine.
7: We doing good, brother.
4: Doing well. That's great. That's great. I've been sitting here listening. You know what I'm saying, Tammy? You, me, and Rodney, we've had this discussion uh, a few times. You know, on uh, on uh, on on Blog Talk Radio, and I just wanted to say,
0: like a. so um,
2: no, you you're
1: going in and out.
2: Okay, hold on one minute. Okay. Uh, it it his call, uh, his call dropped. So we'll we'll come back to him if, if he comes back in. Uh, but do you guys want to go ahead and uh, address those two things? Oh yeah, absolutely. So they
4: do this thing, you know, and I, I'm I try not to do too much, you know, uh, spiritual, um you know, spiritual stuff, because uh, people don't really live, people live a bit more practical. And I try not to do too much theological stuff because people live a bit more practical. But when you talk about the laws of first mention, you know, they say that whatever is mentioned first about a thing in the scriptures that generally holds true for that thing throughout the scriptures until its final mention, right? So they say that, eh, you know, there were agricultural community they didn't have money so they didn't give money that's why they gave food if they had if they had uh you know money at that time they would have given money that's why when dr chase says the tithe has been agricultural it's food like you see in the book of malachi that's taken to a storehouse and not money that's taken to a bank house they reason that way and say well yeah that's because the societies were different they brought food because they were farmers. We're not farmers, so we bring money. That just it, – it, it just says that the individual has not, has not taken the time to really slow down and read their Bible. So let's right. just look
0: at Genesis.
4: Just the book of Genesis, if we talk about the law first mentioned, money shows up in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody who's listening, every pastor, because I know you all listening – I want y'all to call in and ask some questions too And if y'all ain't listening you alls members are listening So you do yourself some good to be listening But there's so many passages The first one starting with Genesis 20 and 16 Where Abimelech He gives Abram a thousand pieces Of silver uh, for, uh, for his wife uh, Sarah at that time Now if you got your Bible Flip to Genesis chapter 33 And verse 19 somebody's got their Bible, can somebody grab that?
2: You said Genesis 33 and 19?
4: 33 and 19. We're getting ready to blow this whole concept to pieces with Scripture because opinion doesn't count for nothing. I'm going to be dead probably in another 50 years. I'm 46. If I make it to 96, boy, I'm doing good. But if I don't, my opinion won't. Well, Won't count for nothing Won't count for nothing then, doesn't count for nothing now All that matters is what does the word say That's how we believe So Genesis chapter 33 and 19 To those who say they gave agricultural goods Because there was no money Grab your Bible and let's read this together
2: Somebody read that 33 and 19 please Uh, I'll read it Yeah, I'll read it (laughs) Uh, Genesis 33 and 19 says, uh, and this is the King James Version, it says, and he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamer Shesham's father for a hundred pieces of money.
5: Shut up.
4: Now, that's exactly what it says in my Bible, and you and me never even talked about this before we got together on this program. And In fact, every Bible that's in print in the world, that is a King James Version, says exactly what we just read. It says that there is money. In the book of Genesis, there is money. And Jacob takes 100 pieces of silver, which which is what the currency was for that day, and he purchases uh, some land from the children of Hamor. There's money there. There's so many others. You all also remember even in the, in the New Testament where Jesus sends the disciples to pay their taxes, and he says, go down to the, you know, to the sea, and you'll find there a fish with a coin in his mouth. Take that coin mm-hmm. and pay our mm-hmm. taxes. You'll also remember where Jesus says, and there's so many more in the, in the, in the Old Testament, but for those who say, oh, that's Old Testament, let's just look at New Testament. Jesus says, hey, whose inscription is that on that coin? They say it's Caesar's He says well i tell you what You render unto Caesar that which is Caesar And unto God that which is God's So tithing Existed at the same time That they had money But God never That's a definitive God, That's what? an absolute God never Asked for money as tithes That's
7: right,
3: that's right. That's It's
4: not in any Bible, in any print, anywhere, and never has been. But your pastor teaches you that your tithes is ten percent of your income. That
1: is foolishness. David, bring <laughs> so Abraham anybody... into it, because in your book you talk about Abraham. So maybe a good time for you all at some point to talk about. I think you made a great point about Abraham in the book as well.
4: You talk about no, you're Abraham talking about he was rich. Go
3: ahead, Dr. Chase. Go yeah. ahead, man. Okay. Yes, Abraham was rich in silver and gold and cattle, and he never tied a dime of it. There's one hundred and forty references in the Bible to money in the Old Testament. There's uh-huh. money, there's money, there's money in Exodus. There's money in Leviticus. There's money in Numbers. There's money transactions in Deuteronomy. There's money transactions in Judges. There's money transactions in First Kings and Second Kings. There's money transactions in Nehemiah, Esther, First Samuel. There's money all over the Old Testament, and it was always used. It was always used either by land to buy people, servants, uh, slaves. Uh, it was it was used to do. It was used to buy land as 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 Abram did. It was used. They had, they actually, and in, in my book, and I can't go through it because the book is 400 pages long, y'all, so I can't go in and just pick it out right off the bat where it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they had an ancient banking system in the Old Testament, and guess where the Israelites learned it when they were enslaved in Egypt? So they learned ancient banking principles with money in Egypt. So mm-hmm. people, are, people are not studying, they're not reading, and that's why I spent so much time trying – well, David said he's, he doesn't do the theology stuff like I do. I do because all of us have a certain path. And I just go in and dig, I always go down and dig into the minute details. I know sometimes that's difficult, but I had to do it because I realized that I wasn't getting anywhere with trying to just explain the stuff to people uh, just just in general terms. I just went into details so that people would have it if they needed to get some study, they could really go in and look at it and then say, okay, it, it, it really is this because he gave all the details. And so that's why I did what I did to just be to be more detailed, because I had to figure out a way to explain this vast subject, by the way, it's very vast to make people to give people some kind of understanding. So money is all over the place. And for the life of me, I'm not sure why people continue to ignore that money was all through the Old Testament, even when even when. um. Uh, y'all have to help me because my mind is just going blank here because I'm a little tired. Uh, when um, when uh, one of Joseph's sons went to Egypt when there was when there was um, to go back to get Joseph and Joseph was he saw his brothers he said go back and get my other brother right you remember that right mm-hmm. and he and he put money in the money bags to take back to their father. That's right. And then when, then when his father found out, he said, you done, you done stole from the, from, the, from the Pharaoh? Take that money back. No, he had put the money in there for them.
0: So
4: there well, that's the, all over
3: the place.
0: Well,
4: remember, remember, and this is just Bible, this is just Sunday school. Everybody knows the story about Joseph in the pit. Right. But most overlook the fact that when he was in that pit, his brothers sold him. For so thirty pieces right.
3: of silver. Thirty pieces of silver. Right. Right.
4: Yeah. There's money all over the over the over the Old Testament. But what happens is, I think what happens is just through a reinforcement of uh, an insufficient teaching,
3: people right. build
4: their belief system around information that doesn't really balance with the
7: scriptures.
3: Right. Right. Mm. And and can I add this? I will also add this. Now, when I was doing research for my book. I found out basically through throughout history, uh, and you, many people don't know this, but throughout history, people who have disagreed with tithing have been basically spiritually uh, gagged, uh, either through not being be forced not to write books, or persecuted not to tell the truth about it, or right. or eliminated. Right. By the way, they were just eliminated. So the publishing world was overrun with pro-tithing books from the, from the earliest of, of when they first started writing. And, so, and those who disagreed with the Catholic Church about this subject called tithing, they were either eliminated or somehow you just didn't see them no more, or somehow they were persecuted. So the publishing industry reinforces this subject uh, so people will never know that it was ever anything different because you would automatically think it's always been money. So that's why, they're, that's why the books on this subject are few. But if you go look for pro-typing books, it's, they're overrunning in the publishing world.
2: That's true. Hey, you guys, this is Rodney. I'm going to jump back in here real quick um, and do, do us a favor. Um, tell us about your books um, and tell, the, uh, tell our audience how they can uh, get your books. And then we're going to uh, – we believe our caller is back in. At least I thought he was back in. Uh, we're going to bring our caller back, and then we're going to jump into something else. So tell us how uh, how to get the books, um, and then we'll take our caller. Go ahead, guys.
3: David, you can go first. Well, well, I would say you know I I, I
4: didn't write the book to sell books. I really didn't. I, I haven't. This is the first show that I've done in over a year, uh, with the exception of the radio appearance that I did down in the Bahamas. Um, you know, I had no marketing strategy, no no marketing budget, none of that. I paid for uh, the publishing of this book out of my own personal finances, but my wife and I, we work full-time jobs. We weren't looking for some get-rich-quick, you know, some way to come up. We have very, very, very good-paying jobs, you know. I'm a professional uh, in the telecommunications industry and what I do, and so is my wife. We we earn very well. We work in upper management. So this book wasn't a way for me to get, you know, stir up some controversial topic to get paid. That's just foolishness. And I know that people find that hard to believe because that's what a lot of preachers do today. They write mm-hmm. books, absolutely no content, no content. You know, it, it's weightless. and But they do it because, you know, Uh, The Christian community uh, is feeding on ignorance, and they're exploiting that ignorance by writing books, you know, that further feeds that ignorance. But this book, the Lord, he did what he was going to do with it. It ended up being a number one bestseller on Amazon. I had nothing to do with that. I take no credit for it. I have – the book was a number one bestseller. I've given away all the money that we made selling the book. My wife and I, we've given that money away. And we've given away hundreds of books, given them away, given them away. Those are the facts. So people ask, is the book free? No, the book isn't free. In order to publish a book, it costs money to publish a book. I think it's the author's prerogative if he wants to sell that book or not. But the book isn't free. You can purchase the book. But if someone really just desperately wants to have a book and doesn't have the finances for it, I will send them a copy. No questions asked, no sweat. But they can purchase the book just about anywhere. I mean, it's available in all mediums, all formats: online, Amazon, uh, you know, Barnes and Nobles, Kindle, the full nine yards. They can get it.
2: And the title of the
1: book is Sunday Morning (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh,
2: Dr. Dr. Chase, go ahead and tell us a, uh, uh, how to purchase your book, and then we're going to pull our caller back in.
3: Okay, yeah, uh, my story is similar to David's. Actually, I wasn't going to write the book because I just didn't want to do it, to be frankly honest. And someone convinced me to say, well, you, you shouldn't do such so, all this work and not really put it in book form because it, it, it is worth it. So I, I decided to do it. And I have, just like David, I have a professional job. I've been working for the government for 35 years uh, as a technical writer. Um, And I work on helicopters and all that stuff. So I didn't really need to write a book. This is my second book, by the way. And I wrote the book for the same reason. I wanted to put the information out. I already knew before I even wrote the book that I wasn't going to make money on the book because, like David, I don't have any marketing plan. If somebody asks about it, I'll tell them on Facebook and uh, the Facebook page I have, or my blog at tithenomore.com, but um, I did the same exact thing. So the book is on Amazon, the e-book is on Amazon. Uh, you can get the the paper. You can't order the paperback on uh, the paperback on Amazon yet because it's not up. It'll be another three weeks. But if you want the paperback, uh, you can order it from the publisher website, which is uh, BookBaby. And the website for that is uh, https: colon backslash backslash store. dot bookbaby. dot com slash book slash kleptomaniac. I'll do that one more time. It's https: colon backslash backslash store. dot bookbaby. dot com slash book. Slash kleptomaniac, and so I did the same thing as David did. I I um I um I published a book to give put the information out there because simply there is just not enough material out there to study on it, and I just wanted to add this book to the uh, publishing industry and to the literary world so people can see this maybe a hundred years from now and say, well, we don't have to be deceived. This book was published one hundred years ago. Here's the answer. So mm-hmm. basically, that was my story.
2: Okay. Well, thank you, guys. We're going to pull in our uh, our call, and we're going to have you uh, do that again uh, before the end of the show. Uh, but we're going to pull our callers back in here. Hopefully we can hang on to them this time. Uh, Bo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Bo, go ahead, man. Hey, hey, I'm sorry about that. Uh,
4: I had a little case of the call dropped. Um, Like I was going to say, um, I've been listening to uh, to the brothers as both of we talk, and, uh, like I said, you Rodney and Tammy, you guys know that we've had this discussion numerous times. Um, myself, I, I have been, you know, I have been falling out of the uh, the rhetoric of uh, paying ties and this thing. You know, I give off, you know what I mean? Whatever I give, I give from the heart. If I got it, I got it. If I hate you know what I'm saying? You can't get it. You can't get blood out of a tunnel. You know, that's the, that's the way I look at it. Um, but I, I, I knew something was wrong. Also, You know, my dad was, was a preacher, and I grew up in the house with preachers. And, you know, when you have questions about certain things and they don't have mm-hmm. an answer to you would kind of like showing. So I was mm-hmm. kind of known as the, the prodigal son. And he was always questioning something, but I was always questioning because things weren't always answered. You know, and I'm studying hearing uh, these pre-recorded messages that somebody else said. I think Hello? we lost him.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we keep
2: losing you for some reason. I'm not sure why. It was getting good, <laughs>
5: too.
4: How, how about now? You're, you're getting, is it now? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the wood is hearing, I guess.
3: I don't know. Can you hear me now? I
4: hear him. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Uh, but like I was saying, you know, I would, I would always get these different uh things from my father about the Bible and the word of God and what was meant by this and what was meant by that. I'm a reader. I like to read. I like to study. Mm-hmm. You know, I have questions. I'm going to ask questions. Um, and one of the the things that you were saying um, when I heard, you know, what it was going to be about, and I'm beginning to hear um, you talk and the doctor talk about the tithing. And I've been saying this for years, bro, and I'm going to be honest with you you know, I haven't studied none of what, the, what you guys, have, you know, have studied, you know, by the grace of God. But I just knew that it was something wrong, you know what mm. I mean? And I started to read. And mm. like you guys, they would always come up with that cliché with a man or God. And I was like, what do you mean by what a man or God? And when you just made that perfectly clear that we didn't want about the man, we were talking about the priest. I was like, wow. But mm-hmm. I had already kind of, you know, kind of combined them together and said to myself, You know, when they were talking about God said, bring to me your first fruit. Okay, I didn't say that they didn't have money in those days, but it specifically says your first fruit. fruit." And and then the Bible says that you shouldn't add to it or take nothing from it. Mm.
3: That's not what
4: he means. He means 10% of your earnings. Well, God had already promised us back in the day uh, when Moses was leading the children out of Israel. He had already promised us a land of milk and honey and said that 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 we would that we would live and we would live and we would eat off of the land and yes. we would be blessed. Okay, mm-hmm. when he changed when he took the mouth and, and, and you know and fed five thousand with the two fish and five loaves of bread, I believe that he made a decree then to say, Well, okay, this is what the tithing is for so that we'll open up sort of like today's food bank and say, This is what you do uh, monthly, or every two months, or every three, hours. how many every month it is that you bring food into into the, the food bank, this is your charge for the land that you're on to help people that don't have. you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, that's, he, the brother brings such good good perspective on this, and it, so he's asking uh, kind of a an accountability kind of question, right? He says, so it, it's almost like, and, and I hear you, and it's almost like that system that God established with that, uh, the fish and the loaves, so almost like God was saying, this is what I want you to do on a regular basis. I want you to make sure these people are taken care of, right? That's kind of sounds like where you were going with that. Right. So I think where we have to go with this discussion, though, honestly, for everybody listening, and I mean everybody listening, but especially the pastors, Now I want to talk directly to them, just to dovetail off of what this brother is saying, God established a system, and he demonstrated that system by feeding folk with the little bit that they had and wanted them to do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, for instance, that you all are right, and we are completely, let's just say we're wrong. Tithing was money. Tithing was money, and God intends for us to give the money. Then if that is true, then what this brother is saying then that money that has been given as tithes should be set aside to care for those people, just like Jesus cared for them people with them fishing and them loaves. So my question to you is this, what y'all doing with them folks' money?
7: Mm-hmm. 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 That's anyway. where the
4: question really needs to go. So whether yeah, anyway. you agree or disagree that tithing was money or not, we're just going to agree with you and say, okay, have it your way. you right. God wants 10% of our income. What are you doing with it? Can I make a statement
3: about that? Can I stop here for one minute? I have that? one little thing. Can I make a statement about that? Would add on to what David just said? And if David is right, and if we're if we all wrong and ties his money, and i explain this in my book. Who is the money supposed to go to? Now, I'm going to explain this based on the Old Testament system and how it was practiced. The money was supposed to go to the choir, the deacons, anybody who did the ushers, and the high priest, which was the Levites, the Levites, did all the work in the temple. So that would be an equivalent, and I'm not trying to make an equivalent, but I'm just trying to make it a comparison to kind of give you an idea. Then that means the ushers, anybody who sweeps the floors, all that money goes to them. Then the, the 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 Levite actually when he collected the tithe from the from the Israelites, it was a the whole tithe. Then he gave a tithe of the tithe to the high priest. A tithe of the tithe is not ten percent; it's mm-hmm. one. It's so that 1%. would mean the pastor would get one percent of that money, and the rest would be spread out through the congregation for That's food accurate. and clothing. And the members working, and all the choir members, and the people in the kitchen—they would get the money because they are the workers. They're the—they're the. I'm not saying they're Levites because there are no Levites today. But if you're trying to implement that system and you're trying to follow the Old Testament, you're going to have to do it exactly the way the Old Testament had it set
2: up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo, go ahead. I think you were trying to say something real quick. Go ahead, Bo. You know, always baffles me about that—the fact that. Um...
4: Let me hold it. Um, I, there's so many things that run through my mind because you know I'm glad to have you guys on here. I haven't been I haven't been on the show with Tammy and and, and Rod in a while because like I said I've been working and trying to get everything right and to hear this 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 this, this, conversation, this topic tonight it's really 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 you know, got me you know in a in a in an uproar you know what I'm saying on fire because I've been wanting to discuss this you know what I'm saying I mean I've been put out of church because of this bro you know what I mean I'm a drummer I've been playing drums all my life and I've been in churches where where the guy, but the, the pastor told me that I was in, I was in a um. But let me see what the word was. He told me that I was in a head position, and I said, "What's that? You're on a stage playing drums." So I said, "What is that? You get that makes you a department head." This, I'm, I'm saying, brother, this is a church to a business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because department heads are in Walmart, Kmart, you know. Hmm. You know. Uh, you know what I'm saying, really? so he told me that I had a status quo that I had to keep up in order to be their drummer. And I said, "What's that?" He said, "You got to give me ten percent of what you make." And then he take ten percent out of the check that he uh, that he cut me for playing in the drums all week. He, so he was getting twenty percent. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "Wow," you know. And I and I asked him. I said, "You know, that's what started me about the tire thing." You know what I'm saying? And I asked him. I said, "Hey, bro." I said, well, the Bible here says God said, uh, you know, bring me your first fruit. I said, if I'm not taking anything out of context and I'm not adding to it or taking it away, then in the Bible is what it says and that's what it is. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm settled with that. You know, I said, but you're asking for my money that's coming from my 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 check. Then you're asking for my money that's coming ten percent that's coming from the the what you pay, what I'm paying, what y'all paying me to play drums for y'all, you know, uh, on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? And if I don't give that, then I fall behind. Then you will silence me. In the church, mean you bring somebody else in to play and let me watch them play while I'm not getting any blessings from God. While I'm not serving God, how don't you know that this is the way I serve God? This is how I get my breakthrough. You understand what I'm saying? This is how I give my my all to Christ by playing those drums. But you're gonna make it your business to put me aside and silence me in church so that I won't be getting no giving no praises to God or getting no blessing from God
3: because I'm not giving you no money.
4: Mm. I said, bro, I got to, I got to go off with of that one.
6: He told me, "What do you mean?
4: Come on, you can find you another drummer, you
3: know." And I said all that to say this, you know what I'm saying? People are being influenced and tricked by, by, by. I call them smart.coms over the word of God. You know what
4: I mean? I give every Sunday, bro. On my way to church, there's this old guy that sits up under the bridge and. I'm Ooh, this is good. On I hate that the phone keep dropping out. Your phone dropping out, man. This is good. Okay, Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's in and out. Oh, I'm trying to get it right, I'm I, I don't have your speakerphone or nothing like that. Um,
7: okay,
4: hear me now. You said you give to a brother every every Sunday. You give every Sunday. Every every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. Anything that's cooked in our house between Monday to Sunday, Saturday night. I get it out of the refrigerator, I package it up, those things that need heating up, I put them over here, and I make plates. I make plates, and I give, I, uh, I put out a, I make plates, and I give to the people that's under the bridge on my way to church. But right before I get to the church, there's this guy, the old guy, I don't even know his name, never asked his name, but I feed him every Sunday. Some Sundays, he'll say, hey, man, can you get me something to drink? And I'll run down to the gas station and I'll buy him a two-liter soda and bring it back to him and give it to him. Now, God said, be careful of how you entertain people because when you do, you could be entertaining an angel. I don't know his name. I'm just doing what God put on my heart to do. I'm not looking for nothing from nobody. I do that because I want to do that. To me, that's my tithing. That's my tenor. You understand what I'm saying? And that's that's what I've always stood upon. You know what I mean? Well, anyway, I got to church, and one of the Baptist deacons looked at me, and I, he said, hey, man, I see you talking to that guy up under the bridge. I was like, yeah. He said, you know him? I said, no, nah, I don't know him. He said, man, that guy's been standing up under that bridge since I was a little boy. This deacon got to be every bit about fifty-seven, fifty-eight. I ain't before the six. You understand what I'm saying? So this guy has got to be about 80 years old standing under that bridge. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to talk in the long time because I want to get somebody else's chance to talk. But I wanted to say that. I said that this it is. When you don't do what God puts in your heart to do for those, the least of them, mm. and you give to these people who've already got, you know, why do I need $370 million for a check? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Wow. You know what I mean? God ain't had that. He wrote a donkey. You see what, exactly. what
0: I'm
4: saying? So if you're doing these things for these people wearing these seven hundred thousand dollar suits and then this brother over here with no shoe on, you won't take your time out to go buy him a pair of slides or a pair of socks with it. Don't look to be blessed sitting up in God's kingdom. Because all of them that lift up their eyes and say, I hear I hear God's gonna look right on over you because you played cool now, now let me let me let me say this though, brother. Let me say this. You got some pastors out there, they're good pastors. They they they, they don't settle they don't engage in, in a whole lot of this foolishness at all. They good men, good women, love God, love his people. If they're teaching tithing, they're teaching error. So what you're saying is you were serving in a church, but because and it's possible that the pastor could have been a, 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 a good pastor, but because he adopts that whole tithing concept, there's a, a school of thought that's built around that tithing concept, which says that if you don't tithe, you cannot serve. That's hmm. error. It's error. And, 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 and there are people who are listening. I, I've just sensed that there are pastors and, and people who attend churches who are listening that's saying, well, my pastor is a good pastor, and he doesn't treat people bad. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, do any of those kind of things like what you're describing. But that school of thought out of which tithing comes teaches that you cannot play the drums for God if you don't give God your money. There's something wrong with that. And, mm. the, and that's what we're challenging. We're
0: challenging that.
4: We're not saying that your pastor doesn't do great things, that your pastor doesn't have a big heart, that your pastor doesn't work a job, you know, and your pastor is just robbing and stealing all the money. What we are saying is that your pastor is teaching error, The timing is not required of New Testament saints. Never has been. There hasn't, there isn't. I'll I, I put a challenge out there, and Dr. Chase, you, you can match me on this if you want, and I know you'd be more than happy to do it. i put a challenge out there, uh, Tammy, uh, Rodney. We're going to put this out there. Anyone listening, your deacons, your elders who've been – I mean, you got seasoned ruling elders who've been eldering for a minute now. They're department heads, run like a business, no problem. Funny thing, the whole church runs like a business, but surrounded by a bunch of volunteers. I don't understand. Your elders, your deacons, and your pastors are listening right now. I will reach into my bank account and give your pastor $1,000 if he can produce one scripture, just one, just one,
2: where any church ever ties. Uh, this is Rodney. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick because uh, we 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 have a lot going on and this has been uh, everything that I thought it would be, um, everything that that Tammy thought it would be, and a whole lot more. Uh, we we do have some callers out there, so we want to bring our callers in. But before we do that, I know that um, our good friend Dr. Correta had posted some things, and uh, we haven't been able to get to those yet. And I want to bring Tammy back in in here too. So. Real quick, I'm going to read what Dr. Coretta uh, has written uh, to us, and then I, I want to uh, turn it back over to Tammy, and then we'll bring in our call. So everybody just hold tight. I promise we will get to you. Um, and she said, I liken the discussion to, to, to the discipline of fasting as it is explained in Isaiah 58. The truth of fasting, the kind of fasting God wants, the same holds true for tithes and offerings. Woe to those who distort the word of God, we ought to to bring our first fruits to the Lord, not because he needs it. He is the creator. He owns everything. We bring the tithes and offerings to honor him who has given us all. Uh, And then she said, Hosea 4 and 6, and these are at at different times um, uh, where she uh, has said this throughout this conversation. Um, Hosea 4 and 6, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. That's the uh, NLT version. And then the last thing, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Tammy. And then by all means, after Tammy, I uh, will bring in our call, and then we want to get you guys back in here. Uh, but she said, oh, my God, I am suffering. How many people are turned away from God because of the selfishness of those supposed to be leading the flock? Tammy, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: Thank you, Ron. It's it's so much, but I'm going to try to keep it quick, you guys. The the first thing I want to go back to is, is the my favorite part of the book that talks about what God really wants from you, not your possession, but 100% of you. And the way I perceive tithing at this point in my life is I see that a a great number of people look at tithing as a way of of positioning themselves. I call it tithing my way out, out of the fact Mm. that I need to seek to be obedient or tithing my way in, meaning tithing my way into heaven. The problem I have with tithing is when you as a believer believe that this is all I have to do, I'm tithing. And this is where I want you to really get a glimpse of this. We mentioned this on a show, on a previous show where we were actually talking about church. Imagine you as a child going to church with your mother, seeing your mother be pimped out of her utility bill money. You as a young person hearing this, hearing the pastor say, you know, you give, God's going to take care of your household at this age, your tender age, we're trying to teach you about the grace of God, the goodness of God, how he takes care of his, his, his followers, his worshipers, his believers. You go home the following week, lights are turned off because mother has given her last in tithing, but lights are turned off. How can we teach this young man, this young woman about a great God? At such a young, tender age, how can they get a real glimpse? I've had one pastor in my life that I've heard. This was a, a, a story that I will never forget. A husband and wife was really struggling financially, extremely struggling, and they were trying, like they didn't have food to eat, and they kept tithing. The pastor saw that they were lacking greatly, and he said to them, I heard this story through Bible study that they did not need to be tithing it. God understood. Keep your money. Take care of your bills. Take care of your home. And this was his members. We don't have many pastors like that. He encouraged them not to tithe to his church, their church. And lastly, I remember as a young girl sitting up and seeing my grandmother go to business, whatever financial, whatever they called it, where they went over every penny that was received in that church and how it went out and where it went and when. There were no secrets about what was happening with the money. If a member had a need, the pastor was there before she knew, she didn't have a chance to call on the pastor because he was there and he had a nine-to-five job. Many of these pastors today don't even work. Yet you still cannot get in just for them to pray over you when you're in need. Many, I'm not saying all And so We're not coming down on pastors If you have a great pastor, thank you Invite me to church Because I don't have one right now If you feel you have a great one, invite me to church So I just wanted to put that out Because I'm all for my babies And bringing them up right Especially in the word of God So that they don't get to a place Where they just turn completely away From the word of God Back over to you Rodney
2: <laughs> That's real good stuff, Tammy. Um I know that uh I know that our two guests uh wanna chime in, but give me one second guys, I'm gonna try to get some other people in there. I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna take one, one caller and then we'll come back to you guys and then we'll take our next caller. Uh everybody just bear with us. Uh coming to area code two zero two, last four digits Are three zero nine five. Caller, you are on the air.
5: Yes, sir, my brother can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you quite well. How are you, man? Yes, indeed. This is the Reverend Anthony Martin here. How you doing, Miss Tammy? Long time no hear. Great,
1: great. How are you? Welcome, welcome oh, back. Oh,
5: well, yes, indeed. Quickly, I know we're on a time frame here, but I was listening to Brother David Lee and Doctor Chase, and what has been said so far? Uh, much, much of what's been said. In terms of the book, the book is a wonderful book. It speaks to religion, rules, and regulations. It, you cannot speak against the kingdom of God, but you can speak toward the religious rules and regulations that many pastor, preacher, teachers have fallen victim to. And I don't like to give pastor, preacher, teachers credit for. Uh, Obtaining such a system That will rob uh, the poor And all of, of Such earnings I like to give them a discredit Because I discredit them for being weak In their knowledge, understanding and wisdom And allowing devil to manipulate them With the desire of the love of money The love of money And so I say all of that to say this We need to understand that We are in a time a divine time of things this ain't got nothing to do with man this ain't got nothing to do with what man is doing this has everything to do with the fact that we are in the last days of the church history where so the church is up to be judged so what god is doing is god has set a divine order towards the church to say if you are who you say you are genuinely to me then i'm testing you i'm putting you in a testing the timing of things to show your genuinity so that I can know of your genuinity to decide if you will be raptured. See, we need to understand that the seven churches is not all the churches, not churches, period, that is going into heaven. The seven churches are three things. One, church history from beginning to end. Two, church attitude from beginning to end. And three, church existence from beginning to end. So when we talk about tithing, The Bible speaks of earnings, and so people earn seven days a week uh, food and clothing in their work. Some people earn land in their work. Others earn money in their work. So whatever your earnings were for those seven days, you gave a tenth of that earning. So now we're in a time where our earning is much of money. And so because of our earnings is, is much of money, we give a tenth to that. Now, the parable of the five, the ten talents speaks to the nature of talent. The one-talent man is the one who operates as a fool. A fool is one who knows too much for his own good. The two-talent man operates off of the word alone. When the word says give a tenth, you give a tenth. The five-talent man operates off of the spirit. The Spirit says give a tenth, you give a tenth. But the Spirit says give a thousand, you give a thousand. So that's why the one talent man's money was taken away and given to the 5 talent man because it was the Spirit. And because now that Christ has come and died and risen, we are operating off of the spirit of things. And so surely enough, our pastor, priest, the teachers, they have fallen into this divine time, which is called the Laodicee time. The Laodice's time is speaking of clearly that you are rich and wealthy and you don't need a thing. That's Christ speaking to this church, saying you're neither hot nor cold, for you are lukewarm, for I will <laughs> spit you out of my mouth. The word spit for the Greek is throw up, because anything that's lukewarm in the stomach, you're throwing up. So, I say all of this not to take up so much of your time But I say all of you say this What you all, what your brothers speak on And what you brothers wrote on Powerful My hat is off to you But we also have to understand That it's not the physical that makes up the physical All things start in the spirit What you see pastor preachers Teachers do that's the symptom That's the result of being manipulated By a demonic system By a demonic spirit That puts forth Your desire what is your desire? I love money. So
1: mm-hmm.
5: if you have that desire, then devil knows that. He, he sees the tell of the tape. He will put that before you constantly and feed your desire. We don't wrestle with, spirit, with, with flesh and blood. We, we wrestle with spirits and principalities. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, just understand where we stand. We first, this thing first. The problem of this thing starts in the spirit. The symptom flows out in the result of that problem. The result is pastor, preacher, teacher doing what they do rob Mm -hmm. and steal from the poor, from the church house. Now whoever oversees that which comes into the church house, whoever is put in charge of the offerings, of the tithe. It is not for us to question him what he does with it. What he does with it is based on what God sees him to do because he's a representative of God. So what we, If you're called to give by God, you give and you walk. You don't stand there emotionally charged up and question what you doing with that. No, you step off because God is in charge of that. So if a man robbed God at that point, then God deals with him in a punishing manner. That's why Paul told Timothy, be careful Take up a position of an overseer Why because you are first to be judged And you're strictly judged Well let
4: me, let me, let me speak to that point Because that's, that's one of the things That I know that has
5: been taught
4: In the church for Oh my god I don't even know how long it is That you don't question leadership You don't question And it isn't just when it comes to financial matters You don't question decisions that are made You don't question anything Because uh, that pastor is the poemin they are the set man of the house, and, and, uh, and a lot of that has been able uh, to stand because many of the, ch- the churches that we see that are established today have been started by an individual. They've been started by a man, and many of these churches are started in a man's living room. So, you know, he grows and moves into a building, and so to some extent he has full autonomy you know, to exact his will, his way of doing things over those congregants who decide they're going to join that local congregation, and he can, you know, he can pastor without challenge. But you find no such example in scriptures, and, 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 and that's the problem. Here's what you do find in scriptures. You find Eli, who was, uh, was sitting in a position of leadership, and as a priest, he had, he had slacked on his duties with running the house of God. He slacked so much so that his two sons, his two boys, Hophni and Phinehas, they so disrespected the house and the work of God at that time under their father that not only were they sleeping with the women in the church, but them jokers was taking a greater portion Of those offerings that the people were bringing And they were getting their offering off the top The Bible says that God raised up a prophet He was a little young fella. He raised up this young prophet uh, That he might speak to uh, Eli Ultimately pronouncing judgment on Eli God raised up a man Nathan challenged David After he had that woman's husband killed Because he slept with her, got her pregnant And tried to cover it up None of them fellas who was around David had the nerve to challenge David in his mess And tell him, I know you the king, I know you're the loved of God I know, you know, uh, you're a man after God's own heart But none of them had the, the stones to tell David he was wrong But one man, Nathan Moses, he was sitting all day after he had finished judging Israel Uh, After he had finished judging Egypt and Pharaoh, drowned him in the Red Sea, and he was sitting all day judging the matters and the affairs of the people, one man came to Moses and challenged him, checked him, and said, Moses, this thing that you're doing is not good for you or the people. Peter, when he separated himself from those Gentile believers, one man challenged him publicly, checked him, said, bruh, you are wrong. The problem with not not challenging the pastor, particularly over financial matters, is that money, according to the scripture, has the tendency to corrupt. Now, you have some pastors, they're not in love with money, but they feel like they need money. And, And they feel like they need that money maybe more so than they need faith. They can get more done with money than they can with faith. Sounds crazy, but some do. Not all pastors are in love with money But if a pastor sits in a position Where he cannot receive Counsel Or he cannot be challenged On the decisions he makes Or his lack of transparency With how he handles uh, God's business or the people of God Then that pastor is not prepared He's not prepared To sit in that office that he's sitting in Any member Considering All that money that's being given in that church, the vast majority of the money that's being given in that church, is being given by volunteers. Yeah, and a handful of people maybe work for that church. But the vast majority of the people who attend that church are giving their money. They have a right to ask, what are you doing with our money? Now, that's not a spiritual right. That's just a practical right. And it is foolish to think otherwise. It is it is foolish not to challenge a man who has your family's wealth tied up in some bank account somewhere, and your family is struggling, and his family is doing well. It is foolish not to ask questions.
2: Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> I know that I I, uh, I I know that Tammy probably thinks uh the same thing that I'm thinking right now. We probably uh could go on with this with this topic forever. But David, we do know that, that you have to get out of here. We know that Doctor Chase has to get out of here, so we're gonna start to bring uh this show to a close. I don't wanna be rude because someone did uh press the number one a long time ago, but uh caller who I'm about to pull in, please understand we do not have much time. Uh, and so we can take your call, but uh, try to keep it to thirty seconds or less, because we do want to be uh, considerate to our to our guests and get them out of here, because they have a lot going on in their lives as well. But we're going to take our caller from three three zero. Last four digits are uh, four zero nine four. Go ahead, caller. Hey everybody, this is Henry. Hey, how I'm
6: you calling. doing, man? Hi, how, how, you like to how say? are you? Good, good. I would just like to say that I agree 100% with these brothers. I have been talked about uh, for a long, long time because I talked spoke against tithing. That's not being a New Testament uh, principle. Um, and, and real quick, I just want to give some scriptures to some people. In Malachi chapter 1, if you read verse 7, 8, and verse 13 and 14, it's not that the people weren't tithing is that they were not tithing according to what the Scripture said. They were were bringing the the blind and the haught and wounded sacrifices. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 14, it says, if you couldn't make the journey to Jerusalem, to the temple, to give your tithe, you were supposed to transfer it into money and then take it to Jerusalem, but you still couldn't tithe it. You had to eat it. So even then, God would not allow you to bring money to the temple in the form of a tithe. And and I think Mm -hmm. we just ran... Too, too far away with this tithing I heard Flo Dollar Literally give a sermon that he said he wanted to line Up all the people who didn't pay tithes up in a, in a, If he had his way And, and, and behind his church and, and shoot them all in the head See, I mean, this is just mm-hmm. got Completely ri- ridiculous And you can't really produce the first Fruit of your paycheck And the last thing I'd like to say is <laughs> If tithing is okay For the New Testament, then no pastor Should have any problem With somebody walking in there with a sheep for a lamb and bringing it for the offering <laughs> And I just put to say Y'all have a wonderful that's evening
0: you even. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious You just went
1: out with a bam
2: That yeah. is hilarious <laughs> Wow All right. Well we know, we know you guys Have to go man so if you guys uh, Well before you go We do want you to give out that information For your books again We We, we certainly appreciate uh, the fact that you know you're probably you know uh, two people uh out of maybe i don't know how many out of two people who who did not uh write uh these books or anything uh, uh in hopes of becoming uh millionaires, but we do want people Tammy and I personally want people to support you guys we want people, if nothing else to read uh the books. Um, we think that they will find uh, that it will at least um, challenge what 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 most people think, and, and at least give them something, um, you know, to to read over the next few days, and and just kind of take it for what it's worth to them. Because obviously, we know um, that no matter what we do in life, uh, there will be those who agree with us, those who disagree. But we certainly want people. To read the book Um, I've enjoyed it But uh, please give out that information uh, One more time And any websites that you guys want to give out Any events that you may have coming up And any final words Go ahead and do that for us
4: Uh, Mine's pretty simple You can just Google David Lee Uh, The title of the book is Sunday Morning Stick Up Just go right to Google Drop that name in there And you'll find exactly what you're looking for Um, If you don't have the funds To purchase the book Just uh, friend me or something or IM me, you know, get in touch with me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, some kind of way, I get a copy too.
3: Okay. um, For me, uh, my book is on uh, Book Baby on Amazon, all different places. The print version is not on Amazon yet. So if you want a copy of my book, uh, Kleptomaniac, Who's Really Robbing God Anyway, uh, I'll have to give you the website link because it's specific, it's https colon backslash backslash store dot bookbaby dot com backslash book backslash kleptomaniac. Uh, And I'm also blogging about all of the things that I've researched on, on my blog. It's uh, tithenomore.com and um, I have a Facebook page for kleptomaniac and uh, you can go look at the book information and stuff there that i post excerpts on and by the way i will be giving away 10 um giving away 10 free ebooks so i'll have to set up how i'm going to do that on my somewhere on my blog somewhere since the book came out i just haven't had time to get anything stuffed because i've been pretty busy and so i really appreciate everyone uh, inviting me david i do appreciate you inviting me on this was Amen, unexpected, dear. but I do appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I want to make one final statement. I want to say that, that I, I, I devoted much of my life to this subject, seven years to try to get this thing done. Because right before I even started to to write a tithing book, if I had kept going the way I was going, I would have been bankrupt a second time by tithing. And so this is not a game for me. Mm. This is serious because it almost destroyed my mm. financial future of my life. My And I have to say, uh, none of my, I could not pay for none of my children's college because I tied for 30 years, and I could not pay for none of it. And so every penny I had went to the church for their, for their pastor's children to go to school, and mine couldn't. And so now um, I'm suffering the consequences of that even today. And so I'm getting a little emotional here, but I'm suffering the consequences of that today because I'm still trying to recover from the damage that was done and it's not easy to recover from financial damage, I wanna tell you. So if you want information about tithing, get the books and read them for yourselves. That's the only way. And because this is what I say on the back of my book, take the opportunity to get biblically informed about tithing. Doing so could save your financial future and the future of your children's children for generations.
2: All righty. Wow. Uh, Miss Tammy, go oh. ahead.
1: This has been a wonderful, very informative, and I just want to ask you both to be sure to come back on with us and let's do this again. So, you guys just tell us when. But, but much needed. I thank you for taking the time to do the research, to write about it, and to not be afraid to share it because I'm sure it has not been easy for you in many ways because of the topic, because of the work that you've put in it, and the truth behind it. So. Thank you both. Kudos to you. And again, the only thing I ask is that you come back again and let's have this discussion in a more and go into more depth. So, thank you. Back over to you, Rodney.
2: All righty. Uh, if you guys noticed, I, I, I didn't say much uh, during the show uh, tonight, and I'm not going to say uh, much as we as we end the show. Uh, what I do want to say is this. Uh, I want to remind everyone of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse, uh, because that is what I took away uh, from this show tonight. And it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. Uh And I think that is what is missing in most cases, is that we get a lot of things, but one thing we never get is Some understanding So whether you agree with uh, Dr. Chase and David Lee Or whether you disagree with them Whatever you believe Whatever you read Whatever you decide To take in Get some understanding And if after you get some understanding you, You still choose to live a certain way Or you decide to change At least you can say you understand why you're doing something. This has been another fantastic episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. We want to thank all of our listeners for calling in and joining the conversation. We hope that you'll join us next Monday where we have another fantastic uh, individual who has written a book. Uh, We're not going to spoil it for you, but do be on the lookout because next Monday, I am sure, it is going to be another great show. Until then, we hope that you guys have a blessed week, and we hope that you get a good night's rest tonight. And until next Monday, good night, everybody.
0: I'm like Now and then, it's these lies. My ship has has finally come, I will travel to the seas. I will even go wherever the wind me, I'll do anything for my destiny, it's like fighting with gravity, and it's breaking Come Number- on.